I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Once Upon a Gene, and I am your host, Effie Parks. Couple things. Don't forget to head on over to my website and check out the Once Upon a Gene merch. It's awesome. There's a bunch of cool shirts and hats and stuff for the kids, and I'd love to see you rocking my gear. Effieparks.com, you can find it, or there's a link in my Instagram too. And also, something really cool has just happened. It is the release of Once Upon a Gene TV, streaming now on the Disorder Channel. It's with my co-hosts, Daniel DeFabio, Bo Bigelow, the founders of the Rare Disease Film Festival and of the Disorder Channel. We've partnered up into our rare parent trio and we created a fun talk show, if you will, that's going to be on that channel. It's going to be useful takeaways, fun conversations. Hopefully you can learn something from every episode and it's a place to just hang out with us and have fun. So I am so honored to be a part of this with these two incredible, incredible dudes. If you would have told me what would be happening a year after I started my podcast, I think I would have been crying still. So I don't know what I would have thought, but you know, I really do believe that your attention goes where your energy flows. And here we are. Once Upon a Gene TV. Again, you need a Roku device or an Amazon Fire Stick to download the Disorder channel. So hook it up and follow along with us and shout us out on social media with any ideas or footage that you want to submit to the show. Okay, so today, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays. It's my favorite holiday, even with everything that sucks about it right now for everyone, because I got to eat gravy, which is top five for me. So I have a really special guest today. You might remember her from episode 40, Tyra Skibbington. She's one of my favorite favorite people. She's from Kelowna, British Columbia, and she's also the founder of Mind Over Mat, which is a yoga and fitness studio. And she's a superwoman in the world of emotional and physical well-being. And she's just a really grounded and calming person. And I really respect her. She's raising a young woman named Darby who was diagnosed with a rare disease called Pallister Killian syndrome. And I'm just really grateful to have been connected to her. And today we are reading off some stories and letters from guests and even a couple personal ones from Tyra herself, a little turkey soup for the soul style. We really just wanted to highlight some of the things that we're all grateful for and how different that is for everyone and how beautiful it is. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode and I want to tell you how grateful I am for all of you. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey and for coming into my life however you have, and for showing up for your families and your kids and your spouses and the rare disease community. I'm 
I'm just continuously inspired by everyone that's here. So enjoy the show. Here's my conversation with Tyra. Hello, Tyra. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Effie. I'm so excited to talk to you again. We're doing something fun tonight about finding balance for the caregivers. So I'm really excited about that, but especially to have you back on the show because you're so good at spreading the message of caring for yourself as a caregiver. Thank you. I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation forever and ever and ever. (laughs) Me too, girl. Okay, so happy Thanksgiving. Today, this episode drops on Thanksgiving. So Tyra had a fun idea that she messaged me about. And tell me about it, Tyra. What inspired your idea? Well, I, I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I actually grew up reading some of the books that were the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And uh, it's just those feel good kind of tingly kind of stories when you need a little lift me up. And so I was one of those uh, people that uh, got them from the library. And so I was thinking about how it's just really heavy right now in the world. And it doesn't seem like there's much of a light sort of coming. And so I thought we need to like find the light and bring the light you know, forward. So hence the idea behind bringing sort of these turkey soup for the soul kind of stories forward and, and having families share some of those feel good moments where they've been seen, they've been heard, they've been included, and maybe even treated sort of extra special. Yes, I love that. And I'm so glad that you brought it up because I had kind of been noodling around what I wanted to do for Thanksgiving. And this was perfect. I also read those books when I was younger and reread those books. And they were really special and kind of monumental, right? In that time. I agree. Very ahead of the the curve, I think, um, recognizing that we need some positive energy before we even really called it that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to let you read the first story. All right. So I had a submission from a lady and a mom here in Canada, and uh, we're just going to call her son, Ben. I know from the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, they always had a title for the stories. I don't know if necessarily we're going to have that for each of these stories, but I'm calling this one the Respite Rescue. I didn't name mine. That's good. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. All right. So I'll just read the exact story that she sent me. We had a trip to Italy planned for our 20th wedding anniversary and all of the respite set up in plenty of time beforehand. Just a week before leaving, we were told our respite had to be canceled. We were about to resign ourselves to canceling our trip of a lifetime as we had never asked friends to help us out this way. When one of our longest friends' husbands, who had been recently laid off, hopped on his motorcycle and headed out to our place to watch Ben while we were away. He had never watched Ben for us. Before, we were so overwhelmed and we were so grateful. And then our business partners, who had also never cared for Ben, stepped in and offered to keep him for one of the weeks as well. This was just a huge deal for someone who's never dealt with a special needs child, despite the fact that he was having a lot of seizures at the time. I remember sitting on a patio in Venice, sipping on Prosecco with tears in our eyes, just thinking about how our friends stepped up in the most amazing way for us. It might not sound like much, but it is a big deal to have friends like that. It's just amazing. Might not sound like much. That's like the (laughs) biggest gift that you could ever get. (laughs) <laughs> I think what's what resonated for me and, and you and I spoke about it off air before is, you know, the divorce rates quite high working with um, a special needs circumstance and to think about somebody celebrating 20 years being married and then, you know, doing everything that they can to set themselves up for a successful journey 
and then kind of being blindsided with problems. And I just think it's so beautiful that this individual stepped forward and and then everything sort of fell into place, which is just so beautiful. Yeah. And that's the power of kindness too, right? Like um, the visual of this dude hopping on his motorcycle to come over and then co-workers <laughs> finding out that they needed help and jumping in. Whereas I feel like most people would think that it has to be family. It has to be someone who's like in the thick of it with you when that isn't necessarily true. You can find so many different kinds of people to help you get that space that you need. Absolutely. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about on our first podcast together about sharing the load. I think that we all just assume that people can't do what we do, even though we didn't get any training, we don't have a degree in in special needs. So I think it also shines sort of the light on the idea that you can ask for help. And sometimes people are sort of waiting in the wings, just just waiting for the call, like, step up, here we go. I love that. I lo- And I love that they did take that much needed vacation, you know, even if it wasn't going to happen, the thought that they plan it, and they were going to do it, and they knew that they had to do those things for themselves, we could all take a lesson. Yeah, definitely. So do you have another story to share? I do. Okay, let's see where I'm just going to go in order of how I received them. So this is from a fellow CTNNB1 mom named Heather, whom I just adore. Uh, she has a daughter a couple years older than my son, so she sent me this letter. Before this pandemic, I couldn't really imagine my everyday life as a mom of a special needs kid getting any harder. My husband and I made the decision years ago that after she started school, I would continue to stay as the daytime was my chance for a respite. A time for me to get all of the things done around the house I needed to, nap, see friends, take care of myself as needed. Summers were always hard, even with all the scheduled activities and therapies, because as a sensory seeker, my daughter needs a lot of input and I just don't cut it. And then COVID-19 shut down the world and that stay-at-home mom, remote school life began. We're now entering our ninth month and her home full-time. And it is so hard. I have learned a lot during this time. No matter what the new challenge is, you find a way to rise to it. You have to. You don't have a choice. I used to struggle with the three months of summer break, but here I am, still breathing after eight months. You gather all of your resources, as limited as they may be. You dig deep to make it work. Even when it isn't working, you still keep trying keep searching for a new way and you accept that you can't do it all and that will have to be okay for now. For me personally, the things that have helped me the most are my faith, being vulnerable with others, and my noise-canceling headphones. Throughout the day, I try to listen to the Bible on audiobook, soaking in the fact that I am not alone and that God is my strength. I listen to uplifting music. I look up and out to seek the beauty in nature. I let my friends and family know when I'm hurting and about to lose it. Then I hide in my room with my headphones on, under the covers, and breathe. One breath at a time. One hour at a time. One day at a time. And I remember that we are all struggling with this in some way. We aren't alone, and we are all trying to be the best that we can. It's a tough, tumultuous time, and that to a rare disease, and it can be downright brutal. Oh, Heather. I think we all feel that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just so beautiful because it's it's reminding us that it's the simple things, you know, like oftentimes when we're so overwhelmed, 
we think that we can't, you know, keep going and, and that we're going to fall and never, never stop. And I think that she's, it's a great reminder that it's just stopping and breathing that, you know, we've always, we always have our breath. Yeah. I think learning a practice of breath, simple ones, there's so many out there that you can find on meditation websites and YouTube videos, but finding that simple technique that can ground you back or, you know, take your heart rate down or make the lump in your throat go away. It's one of the most effective tools I think that you can use. Absolutely. And I think the other cool thing that I heard a lot of in that story is that the awareness that she has, right? And I think that that's something that when you when you speak about breath, and you speak about sort of the senses around you, when you're aware, you're in the moment, right? And I think when you're in the special needs uh, world, and it feels like it's never ending, you're always stressing about the next thing, the next thing and fears about something that hasn't even happened yet. And so when we're aware, we're present and we're in the moment. And that is a beautiful gift. Yes. And noise canceling headphones. Yeah, that is a beautiful gift. <laughs> oh my gosh. I got those for my birthday and it was one of the best things I ever got. <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing your heart, Heather. I loved that letter. Yeah, it was beautiful. Okay. I'm going to share a personal story that happened to me many years ago. My husband was called to a conference out of town and uh, we decided to pack the kids and go and do this this trip. And so it involved him being out of the hotel a lot, attending all of the meetings and everything and me managing at the time, a two-year-old very disabled daughter and my four-year-old neurotypical son. And so we did all the things that, you know, families uh, want to do when they go to a hotel. We experienced the pool and in this particular circumstance, it was um, hot springs, a natural hot spring. So my daughter, who's confined in, and uh, in a bunch of braces and wheelchairs, absolutely loved being in the water. And so we were in there a lot. And I felt like I was doing a pretty good job. I felt good. I felt rested and uh, got back to the room. Everything was going great. We checked out two nights later. And uh, as we were leaving out the lobby, this gentleman came running after us from the front desk. And he said, we have uh, an envelope here for you. And I said, okay, <laughs> carried it back out. And uh, inside was two things, a note and a $100 US bill, and we're Canadian. And the note said, to your special needs child, for those who have been honored, I honor thee. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really special. So for me, you know, when I think back to that, that moment, like I'm still talking about it some 10 years later, feeling it. And yeah, the hundred dollars is fun and, and everything. But for me, it was the note. We kept the note. I still have it. And you know, when I, when I think about the baby book, I don't have the baby book filled with all the things that maybe a normal quote unquote family would have. Um, but that note means a ton to me. And, uh, it, and I think it's because we were seen, we were, we were seen for, and we were just doing our regular, like, I, you know, our regular family sort of thing. And, and it, it's so lovely to be just seen. That's what I definitely got from your story was thinking about someone looking upon you as a mom in the water with your kids doing this hard stuff and enjoying the moment itself and just really recognizing what your day-to-day -day is like and what goes into it all and just you know you made a mark on them and that's really special 
Yeah, and I think it's the resonance, right? And I and I just love that. I don't know who the individual was, but yeah, the drive home, you know, we we were talking and crying and laughing and just, you know, it was just a really cool, special sort of family moment. And, you know, we, we I've often thought about, you know, what my legacy will be with Darby and our family's legacy. And, and I think one of the things that, you know, her specific legacy is just these little imprints that she's putting on, on all the humans that we interact with. And, and that just happened to be a stranger and in a hotel. <laughs> and I do feel like that's good for people to know, like how much those really small things affect us, like how big that is to us. I mean, you've saved that note for 10 years, right? Like I've had moments that I've never let go of and they're just small things from strangers usually. Yeah. There's just, I just love the energy behind it. And, you know, we're so used to, for our circumstances, because our daughter's in a wheelchair and she looks kind of interesting. We get a lot of stares. We get a lot of like frowns. We get a lot of people grabbing, you know, people get out of her way. And, you know, and, and so when you get, when you experience the opposite it's it's amazing how how beautiful and the and the resonance that that um, brings. I think it's a really cool cool simple thing to do when you get smiled at or when you get acknowledged or when a door is held open for you or a question is asked when it's like you know an awkward moment instead of it being this awkward moment it's actually an engaged conversation that comes out of it. The kindness of curiosity, I love it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Do you have another one? Yeah, I have a couple more. Okay, good. (laughs) Okay. So this is from our friend Sean Baumstark from the Two Disabled Dudes podcast. He wrote us a little note and it says, there is so much to be thankful for, but there are two significant things that quickly come to mind. In a bit of a bizarre way, I'm grateful for the opportunity to slow down and reset. Although the global pandemic of 2020 has caused more harm than good, more loss than gain, and more pain than joy, it has also caused me to take stock of what is important to me. In a sense, it has helped me identify the difference between things that are distracting and things that are meaningful. I'm also grateful for a career in a field that is considered essential, that has taken precautions to protect the health of individuals while also keeping me employed. I'm thankful that while many things have been stressful, I have not had to worry about my income, allowing me to help others in my community. <sighs> Sean's awesome. And yeah, it. I feel like the same way that it's been a really great time for my family to reset too, even just health-wise. Like Ford hasn't been sick for eight months in the first time ever. And that's kind of one of, one of the things that have come out of this that's good for us. We're in the same boat. I can't believe that we're going into our ninth month without like a, a sniffle or bringing out the um, nebulizer or whatever, you know, equipment <laughs> totally. that we usually pull out and dust off and get ready. And it's, um, yeah. And I think that, you know, families that deal with the extras um, with their kids, we see things differently. And, and, and so I can appreciate that he's seeing the value of just really simple things that are right in front of us and, and that maybe we take for granted. Yeah, totally. And Sean's a busy guy. You know, he's a podcast host. He runs a nonprofit. He's just an all around meaningful, inspirational advocate for the rare disease and disability community at large. And I just I really appreciate perspectives from that side, too. Yeah. And he's carrying a lot of stories and the weight of of those stories. So it can be really heavy. So I think, yeah, finding the lighter, the lighter parts and the thankfulness and gratefulness that comes with 
you know, being surrounded by people that are struggling, but still making it work. It's, it's really inspirational. Yeah. Finding the silver linings in 2020. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. All right. This one's just a quick one. I had a dad write in that his wife often took um, their child to the uh, medical appointments. uh, But this particular trip, he decided to hop on an airplane with their uh, disabled son. And um, they were, uh, everything was going fine. It's quite a bit of work to get the child onto the airplane. So he speaks of it being just a lot of work, but that it went fine. And then as they were deplaning, of course, when you're on an aircraft, uh, you're the last to get off if you're taking a wheelchair. So he waited and waited. And uh, this gentleman came up to him and said, yeah, Merry Christmas and handed him a $50 bill and said, I'd like you to get something really nice for your son. There it is again. Yes. <laughs> when someone notices you. Yeah. And and I just think it's so beautiful because caring for a, a child and then doing something as crazy as hopping on an airplane and all the logistics associated with that, the stress, the everything and then the waiting and the and oftentimes people when they get on airplane their headphones are on and they're you know into their laptops and this was at a time apparently from the story where it was at a business traveling time so there were a lot of business travelers so to be recognized by someone that may may have had their head down in a laptop for the majority of the flight but to recognize that hey we're sort of I see you I see you for what you're what you're doing And those are the things you remember, right? Like you go through all the stress of thinking about the trip, packing for the trip, getting in the car, getting all the stuff done, getting through security, getting on the airplane without breaking your back all at the same time. And the only thing that you really remember from it is the kindness that someone showed you. You don't remember all the junk anymore. Right. Your turn. All right. So this is a little different. This is a poem that another CTNMB1 mom wrote, actually, Jana. Uh, she wrote it for her son, Jared. Jared's one of the oldest kids we have in our little CTNNB1 group. And he's adorable. And he's a traveler and a lover of music. And he's, he's doing everything all the time. And he inspires me to always make sure that I give Ford all the opportunities that maybe I think that he wouldn't be able to do. So here's here's a little poem that Jana wrote for Jared. These tears that I hide inside, I hide for you. The smiles that I smile, I smile for you. The walls that confine you try to beat you down, but that isn't your style and that makes me proud. From the beginning, you've been joy. The years haven't changed you a bit, my boy. You have a wonder in your eyes, the world in your heart. Nothing can stop you. This is only the start. You never ask for anything but give everything in return. You were born a teacher from whom people can learn. From veterans to kids and people on the street, nobody is a stranger, just a new friend to meet. I sometimes wonder what it would be like seeing you drive or going for a hike. To have a child, no worries of the unknown. But then I feel blessed, for you are my own. What ails you, my son? Why don't they know? Can anyone tell me and help me on this road? You pray to be whole, not in the traditional sense, just to climb trees or sit on a fence. Life is what you make it, but try as you might. I know you get tired of this whole fight. Your love of the vets and the children you see, you're silently suffering but smiling with ease. They do not see the pain you are in. All they see is the smile and the love as their friend. Your wants are few, but your dreams never die. You just want to walk and be a regular guy. 
What you don't get is you are perfect and pure. That is simply how God made you. That is for sure. The tears I hide inside, I hide for you. The smiles that I smile, I smile for you. Never give up. Keep up the fight. You are a warrior. You have the might. Oh, Jana. <laughs> if anyone knows who Jared is or find him online, he's so special. And everything she said in there just radiates off this kid. Man, she has a gift with words. It's That's beautiful. Wasn't that beautiful? We're hoping that his friend Keith Urban will turn it into a song. Keith. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's like always at country music concerts every, you know, before that. He was at every country music concert. He was at every veterans support event. He's he's just such a fun loving dude. And you can hear his mom's heart. And I think we all have those exact words. Absolutely. I've just never put them together so beautifully. I think there's something really therapeutic about writing a poem or writing a letter to yourself. You know, I, I did that early on and I encourage everyone to do that. And, and it just sort of, it might be something that you refer to, you know, years later and just to kind of check in and see how you're doing. And I think that that's a healthy way to sort of manage your emotions. I know there a lot of people think you should be journaling and, and talk about getting some of your feelings on paper. And I think it's a, just a really beautiful offering. It really is. And like you said, to even kind of reflect upon it later and see, because sometimes you don't necessarily forget, you know, being in the trenches, but you do forget the details a little bit. And when you can read where you were once, when you had all of this emotion and all of this stuff that you needed to get out on paper or, you know, on a recording or whatever, you really get a sense of pride about what you went through and how you came out of it. Absolutely. And that fog, you know, it, it lifts at some point, hopefully for most of us. And I think it's it's an, an exploration into what that fog looked like. And personally, I think it's beneficial to sort of document that um, in some way, whatever form feels natural or good to you. It's clinically proven, actually, writing it down or even speaking it. That's awesome. You're up, Tyra. Okay. This is another story actually from our world, and it's a bit different as well. And it actually is a nice segue from uh, the story that you just read. So when our daughter was in grade six, we were going to be finishing with that particular school. So we were moving schools. And so my daughter had been followed by many of the same kids for almost six, seven years of her life, which is a beautiful thing. And when we joined our uh, grade six class, uh, the teacher and I got together and talked about what this year could look like. And uh, she had suggested that we sort of flip what we've been sort of thinking of when we talk about inclusion. And then the idea came up that instead of Darby always being added to whatever the activity was in the school, we would actually bring the school to Darby. And so this was obviously pre-COVID times. We invited Darby's entire grade six class to our home. And we actually set up stations of inclusion. So one of the stations had the oxygen saturation monitor. So um, the kids broke into groups. They all got to check their oxygen saturation and then learn about what that means. The second station was a lift, um, the, the ceiling track and lift. So they actually got to lift this giant teddy bear from the floor up and learn how Darby moves from point A to point B. The uh, third station was a syringe water fight because Darby is fed through uh, G-tube. So we had the kids um, have a water fight outside. And then the last station, because we had an, a lift installed in our home, they all got to ride the, the lift up uh, to her room and see what a room looks like when you have a kid 
with as uh, low of muscle tone as Darby has. So it was this really beautiful exploration in what I actually think is inclusion, which is not just putting Darby in the regular world, but bringing the quote unquote regular world into Darby's world. And what I loved about it was the question and answer um, that came afterwards and all of the light bulbs that you could literally see lighting up on each of these kids' faces as they learned that it's not just as simple as getting up from bed and going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It's, you know, there's quite a bit of work to let that happen and understanding their bodies a little bit differently with oxygen saturation levels. And so it just opened up a really great conversation. And I think that, um, they're, again, going back to that word resonance, the, the kids talked about this experience for many, many weeks afterwards. And it was a highlight for, for the grade six sort of field trip. Okay, Tyra, I'm sending you an inclusion trophy because that's the best thing I've ever heard, ever. <laughs> and I hope that you have video footage of it. Well, we definitely have pictures. I don't know <sighs> if we have video, but we have pictures. And the, the funniest visual that I have is the giant teddy bear being lifted from the floor <laughs> to the ceiling. Like It is enormous. Like It's not the appropriate size swing for a giant teddy bear of that nature, but <laughs> we wanted something dramatic. And, and of course, Darby was there the whole time kind of rotating around and making sure everybody was was doing it right but uh I just thought it was such a neat way to sort of bridge the the gap and open up the conversation and and I think nowadays you could do versions of that by sending you know having a zoom with a class and showing you know a day in the life of right so I don't think that yes yeah it's not impossible it's just like hey have you ever wondered how Darby gets upstairs right and the yeah. neat thing about the elevator ride, the, the lift ride, is I actually hid letters all along the, the, the walls of the elevator. So as they were going up and down, they had to find all the letters, unscramble the word, and then submit it to their teacher. So that was another little fun activity. And Gosh. the word was pneumonia. The word was pneumonia because, of course, that's a weird <laughs> one. So I made them work for that. <laughs> it's a weird one and something that's also dealt with in your house often. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is the best. That is the best birthday party I've ever heard about. And I'm going to talk about it again on my podcast because I think a lot of parents are going to have a light bulb moment. Different ways to think about how to get other people to understand our kids' lives, right? And ways to include them and ways to make them not fear maybe the tubing or whatever it is that's around them, but to ask questions, get involved and learn about it. Absolutely. And now when I'm out and about and we, we see those kids, right, they're like, hey, Darby. And, you know, I know that they remember that. And and if they if, you know, the, the biggest beautiful thing for me is if any of those kids end up going into some sort of profession that involves taking care of another human, they're going to be better because of that. So I just I think it's so cool. Oh, my God, I love that so much. I'm doing it. And I love the syringe water water fight. That's brilliant. Yeah. We needed something light. <laughs> All right, your turn. Okay, my next one is from Adam Johnson, also known as the Dadvocate, rarediseasedad.com. He is someone really special that I've met over the last year through my podcast. And here's what he wrote to me. It's a tough, tumultuous time. Add that to a rare disease and it can be downright brutal. Challenges abound, and there's even challenges to the challenges. Some things that help keep me keep going are kindness, compassion, and support. And that's what I want to highlight in these examples. One is from someone I see in person every day. One is from those I know are always there, even though I don't get to see or hear from them often. And one is from communities involving many people I don't even know personally. 
From the onset of my symptoms and then again at the beginning of the pandemic, my 11-year-old daughter has been so helpful, supportive, compassionate, and kind. Not only does she step up at home with me and my family on a daily basis, she has also written thank you notes to postal workers, delivery drivers, and trash and recycling employees who work in our area, organized lunch for local school, fire department, and doctor's offices, offered her money to help someone in need buy their medicine, helped her online school peers with their math homework after class. She's just the sweetest and a wonderful example to us all, and I'm so grateful for her. Other instances of kindness come from my friends. It's been so difficult not seeing them, feeling isolated and lonely ever since my symptoms intensified last year. Of course, everyone has their struggles and is very busy, especially now. When people make time for me, it means the world. Recently, I've been able to connect with one of my dear friends over Zoom a couple times. It's been wonderful to catch up and also to not feel like I'm enjoying my much-needed beverage alone. Another pick-me-up came from a couple of friends and their family members who live across the country. They sent special package to my house, and it contained an out-of-the-blue gift and letter. The words on the paper meant just as much, if not more, than the gift. It also explained that the included virtual reality headset was intended to help me be able to enjoy the moment, even in sickness, by doing things I never thought I'd be able to do anymore in real life. They wanted to do something for me, not out of pity, but so I could have some fun. I can't express how appreciative I was for the thoughtfulness and perspective it took for them to think of me in this way, and then to go above and beyond for this gesture. Finally, I'd like to recognize the community of kindness I've noticed on social media. I know there's plenty of dark holes out there, yet there are also plenty of kindness, including the person reading my words right now. One of my favorite things to see is others who are in need of something, anything really, receive support. Just in the last few days, I've seen interactions that include people offering to hop online with others who may be alone during Thanksgiving, others inviting people to reach out through DMs if it would be helpful, and plenty of supportive, encouraging, empathetic messages. The kindness and support found in these communities, with many people not even knowing one another, is inspiring and heartwarming. I've lost a lot, and I know others have too. I'm very thankful for all of these examples, and I know there are many more out there in the world. If you need anything, a listening ear, some support, or kindness sent your way, you can always reach out. I'm here. Happy Thanksgiving. Beautiful. I loved hearing about his daughter and just, you know, he is the one who was diagnosed with a rare disease just in the last two years. And, you know, his kids are caregivers and they're so young, right? What she's doing, writing letters and offering to help other kids and seeing how life in her household is changing is just, it's a big job. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as a parent, you're worried about so many things and then you have your, then something changes in your life that directly affects your, you know, ability to, to care give. And all of a sudden you're worrying about how you're going to be able to help them when you're, when you should be worrying about your own health. And it's, it's, I imagine that being a very scary world. And he's, he's obviously raising empaths, which is amazing because we need more empaths in the world. And I hope that I, I'm sure she's going to be an amazing <laughs> leader one day, helper one day. Yeah, for sure. And the power of social media, right? Like reaching out and finding your people. Like how I don't know how many times I have to 
like nail that one down. It's so important to find others who get it. Yeah. And I think also being recognized beyond your disability. I know you talked about that a lot on your podcast is that he was seen beyond the disability. That's why this gift arrived that they thought, hey, you know, this might be kind of cool to live, you know, in a virtual world for a little bit. And I just, I think that really takes, that's another level of, of the human part of this humanity. It's like, you, you didn't just think about, oh, I'm sad for him because he has a disability. It's, hey, this might be a neat idea. What do you think? And then kind of putting it all into action. I think that's, that's really cool. The virtual reality headset was a brilliant gift. Really. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Those are all of the letters that I have to share today. They're all, all right. so I, good. <laughs> I know, and I only have one more left. I'm not sure if we have time. We do. We always have time for thankfulness and gratitude. Good stories, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, this was from another mom that I know. Uh, many years ago, we were visiting from out of town to one of our closest major hospitals for yet another round of appointments. We made some time and sat in a popular brunch place in a hip neighborhood with our family of four, including our daughter in a wheelchair who has severe disabilities. I remember two things about this visit, the sweet waitress who looked my daughter straight in the eyes and asked what she would like to drink, even though it was very obvious that she would be unable to reply. And then after the, sec after the enjoyable meal, we, were asked for, we asked for the tab. The sweet waitress got teary-eyed and said that the tab had been cleared and that there is a note on it. Angels are watching over you. We were unable to thank these people because they had left long before us. All of the wait staff came over and shared the moment with us. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a chicken soup for the soul story for sure. <laughs> Turkey soup for the soul. That I mean, that one right there. So good. And I think what's so neat about it is that, you know, she speaks about, you know, being in a popular brunch place in a, in a hip neighborhood, you know, um, and that can be a really awkward thing I, for me personally with my daughter. I have to think about whether or not there's accessibility. How's the parking? Is there going to be a lineup to get in? And so I think it's great that they put themselves out there and they, they went to this this brunch place and then they ended up being treated um, like royalty for a moment there. I love that. I love that the waitress looked the little girl in the eye yeah. and asked her. <laughs> and <laughs> I really do also appreciate the guts that it takes to go to something like to go anywhere, first of all, but especially a cool, hip, trendy brunch place, because I myself have had moments where I'm like, are people just going to be gossiping? Like, why would she bring her kid like that here? Why would, you know, like you just, you don't necessarily feel like you belong a lot of places. And I love that they, I love that they did it. Yeah, I agree. And I think, again, going back to my word resonance, that's my word today. I love um, it. <laughs> the, the resonance from the, the staff, like I think the the, the feeling that was shared, like the, there was a moment of vulnerability, it sounds like at the end where, everybody sort of came together and said like, wow, that was so cool what just happened. And, and we're really excited that we got to be a part of it. And, you know, and, and they probably had a better day because of it. I know that that family likely did, you know, if it was a heavy week of appointments and then for them to have that moment without, you know, without having the person standing there saying, you know, you're welcome, right? It's, it was an anonymous gift. So I think it's a beautiful thing. Totally. It's like that quote, attention goes where the energy flows and everyone yeah. in that room felt it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Ugh, what a fun episode. And I am so excited that I got to talk to you again and share this turkey soup for the soul <laughs> on Thanksgiving. And I 
I'm I'm just really appreciative that I got to know you, Tyra. And thanks for everyone who submitted these really personal moments of gratitude with us. They're all so special and so different. And I'm just really thankful. I'm thankful too. And I um, am appreciative of the fact that I have tears running down my uh, face, <laughs> but that I also have a big smile on my face. So Same. I mean, we, did, we did the human thing pretty good today, I think. <laughs> Same. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Tyra. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> Bye. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story, or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you.